0: The Gubbi Gubbi are the traditional custodians of the lands we record this podcast on. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, as they hold the memories, tradition and culture of this land. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.
1: Hello and welcome to the Milkshakes for Mali podcast, where people who have received blood products, thank the donors who have saved, prolonged or improved their lives. My name is Kate Fisher. I'm the creator of Milkshakes for Mali, an award-winning Australian storyteller and a change maker. I am inspired by my seven-year-old daughter, Marley, who started receiving life-saving blood products when she was just three. She is currently in remission from autoimmune encephalitis, and we have Australian plasma donors to thank for keeping her alive. Marley will be dependent on blood donors for the rest of her life, as for her, blood products are life saving when she relapses and life preserving for every infusion in between. This podcast is the creative solution to a social problem, which is persistent critical blood shortages in Australia, as simply not enough people donate. One in three Australians will need blood in their lifetime and yet only about one in every 30 eligible Australians ever make a blood donation. It's my mission to change that, while thanking as many blood donors as I can reach along the way. Today, I welcome business partners Jess and Alana. They are co-founders, CEOs, and self-described hustlers. Jess is a blood donor, and Alana has a brother who is a blood product recipient and has a disability. His journey has inspired so much of the incredible work that Jess and Alana are doing together.
0: So my brother had a benign brain tumour when I was in high school. So was right. he. Um, his first one, he probably would have been about 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had surgical interventions first followed by chemo- uh, chemotherapy and blood products, as I'm sure you're yeah. aware, is yes. very much required platelets drop and all that sort of, those sorts mm-hmm. of things happen. Yeah. Uh, so he he received blood products during that time. I was very young as well, so I remember seeing them, but uh, well, being completely across it is a different situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He was in remission for two years and then uh, his tumour Okay, So he went in for a second surgery, again, chemotherapy, Again, blood products is a really important part of the management. Um, Yeah. And since then he he actually had a he sustained a medical injury when he was 27. Um, So he's I do try you just you have to hold my hand every now and (laughs) again. Yes. Um so he has.
2: Thank you. I'll get good at it one day.
0: central pontine myelinolysis so his brain demyelinated so he hasn't um from my awareness he hasn't needed uh blood products to manage that but definitely in the early stages yeah but between the brain tumor and that he went to italy and um lived yeah he he had some good times
1: yeah Mm -hmm. July is Disability Pride Month, and while it is not as widely celebrated in Australia as it is in the USA, I thought this was a perfect time to bring you Jess and Alana's story, as it is a time for us to celebrate disability identity, community and culture. And these incredible ladies are on a mission to ensure that people with disabilities can access any part of the community that they choose, and feel confident in the knowledge that there won't be barriers to access when they get there. Jess and Alana have developed the Accessibility, Sensory Needs and Inclusivity Index. This is designed to assist venues to communicate what they offer for people with visible and invisible disabilities. It's such an amazing idea and they will do a much better job of explaining it than I am. So I am so excited to bring you my chat with Jess and Alana.
2: you for having us. Thank you Kate. Lovely to
1: have you here. Um, So just to start off, can you guys tell me um, what is your business um, and sort of what was, yeah, what if one of our listeners contacted you, what is your offering that you have as part of your business?
0: So what we're, our mission is to make accessibility information more accessible to people with visible and invisible disabilities. And how we are doing that is through a website, which will be turned into an application. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are going to provide all the information that people with accessibility needs, sensory needs, uh, and also inclusivity requirements uh, in one location. So I am a physiotherapist. I've been a physiotherapist for 15 years, and Jess is an exercise physiologist. How many years is it now? Eight, eight years years now. Uh, So we're using our knowledge of working with many people in the rehabilitation setting and understanding the problem from its core Mm -hmm. to design an application so that we make sure that it is uh, fit for purpose. And on the back of that, we're supporting businesses to understand what people with visible and invisible disabilities require. Mm -hmm. um, And just bringing more awareness and providing them support and assistance to link with services and suppliers to improve their service delivery uh, Mm -hmm. within their budget and what they they can manage and what they're
1: comfortable with. Yeah, amazing. So, listeners of our show would know that we have three children who have various physical and neurodevelopmental disabilities um all three have autism and with that comes some big sensory challenges if we are accessing you know big events or different facilities we also are often flanked with Marley's seizure response service dog as well when we're out and about and he also provides autism assistance so As a family, how could what you're developing help me if I'm trying to plan an activity for our family?
0: Great question. So what we're designing
1: it as is that you can have a
0: profile for each child and yourself or generally what your family requires. So say you're sitting in the comfort of your own home, you've put in, you've done a profile for your family And then you want to, say, go to a restaurant, say it's Marley's birthday. You want to go to a restaurant, uh, but you are trying to find a restaurant that is going to be one that your whole family can enjoy. So Mm -hmm. your profile then will automatically uh, bring to the forefront businesses that match and meet your needs so that you don't have to spend your spare time, which I'm sure you have very little of, Kate, doing all the research <laughs> <Very little>. <laughs> <laughs> to find something that you can all enjoy together.
1: Yeah. So Marley's, um has previously been mixed use in a wheelchair. She's independently mobile at the moment, but there are times where we've been mixed use. So could that include things like, you know, accessibility, ensuring that there's ramps and lifts, um, sensory rooms, like that kind of thing?
2: Absolutely, 100%. So what we're trying to do at the moment is we're trying to break down all the specific needs that a person might have. So um, say if you need to know whereabouts is the closest disability toilet, you know, where the rails are on either side of that toilet, because we know Mm -hmm. a lot of people require specific needs around that, Mm -hmm. ramps in and out, um, things like that others don't understand is uh, something as small as two centimetres might be an obstacle for someone in a wheelchair. You know, it's not just that there's a ramp, it's, you know, the little lip into, it's the space between the tables, it's the manoeuvrability inside the restaurant, all of those kind of things are are important to know.
1: Amazing. So it's called an ASI score. Is that something that you guys have developed or is it? Yeah, tell me about that.
0: So we're actually looking at rebranding based on feedback from businesses. They don't like the word score. So we're going to look at, and it's more of an index and a guideline. Mm
2: -hmm. So we've taken
0: that feedback and we're open to feedback. So any suggestions that your listeners have, we are all ears. We want to make this the best uh, solution that we possibly can for people within Australia. And hopefully hopefully worldwide one day. Um, So it's an algorithm that we are working on with our chief information officer. So we have a great team um, of tech humans that are helping us take what we know is required and then put it into coding essentially. So we're creating it from, from
1: scratch. Amazing. So, tell, how how did you decide that this is something that you guys wanted to do with your lives? What was the inspiration for creating? Just invited me out for lunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a great way to start. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yes, it was it was very much a lunchtime discussion, we were having yeah. uh, having lunch together and discussing it. But just the years that we've had working with people with disabilities and hearing their problems and trying to help them problem solve Mm. just being able to access you know places that we take for granted you know um, is really where it came from yeah
0: Yeah. I'm a bit of an extrovert I don't know it might come not come through on a podcast Um, but my favorite thing (laughs) as a physiotherapist (laughs) is to organize things that people would love to go and do so I would love it on the rehab ward when a client would say to me there's a wedding that I want to go to in a month. How do you think I could pull that off? I'm in the wheelchair, do you think I'll be out? It's 200 meters here, there's grass, there's da-da-da-da. And I loved problem solving, how we could make that work. How could we make that achievable? And then of course, helping them pick the outfit. But, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so it was really a natural progression because Jess and I worked together in the hospital. So this is something that we would do as a team. Uh, yeah. So, when we uh, worked for moved away from the hospital and started working for ourselves, we started talking about how are other ways that we can help people within the community to improve health and well being, and ultimately connection.
2: Um, mm-hmm. Coming off
0: the back of COVID, especially, you know, getting people back out in their and in, in enjoying their community.
1: Um, I know as well, um, Alana, that you have a brother who is a blood product recipient. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, tell me about what it was like with him before he became unwell and how much your family changed afterwards?
0: Oh, before he became unwell, he would follow me down the hall, kicking me um, (laughs) because he wanted the remote control (laughs) <laughs> we'd spend the weekend out on the motorbike. We lived on a farm. Yeah. So very active. Yeah. I try not to cry, but it will happen. So bear with me. Yeah. Um, was a, we were teenagers, so we'd give each other heaps.
1: Yeah. As it should be.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How did it change? Uh, my family split up. But on the positive, my he once he was in remission, uh, he was able to get back to riding motorbikes and he loved being out in the country. So my dad and he actually moved to uh, back of Bathurst. Right, yep. And he had a dog named Diesel and he loved that and he went to Italy twice. Mm. Um, so he got to really live life
1: afterwards but... And I got to hang out with him in Bathurst too, which was really special. Yeah, amazing. And I asked that question in the context of the fact that as a family, I understand what it's like to have a child who is well and active and you're living your life in a certain way. And then yeah. illness, injury, disability touches your family and how much your family dynamic changes Um, I've talked about it on the pod before that, you know, we talk about special needs children or people with disability in a family, but I think we should be all considered as a family with additional needs. Once someone in our family is touched by something like this, because it it does impact you socially, economically, you know, your whole family structure changes and I know as a mum. When I went from having Molly, who was, you know, happy, healthy, running around all of the things to then being, you know, mixed juice in a wheelchair, using a speech device, having medical PTSD after spending the best part of a couple of years in hospital um, and having frequent seizures. If I know how scary it was then to reaccess the community, knowing that I had to think about all of these other things on top of just a normal family trip. So all of a sudden the birthday dinner example that you use isn't yeah. just going to a restaurant for dinner. No. It's making sure that, you know, there is accessible parking, there is accessible toilets, that I can get a service dog in as well as a wheelchair. So if I need to toilet her, you know, that an ambulance can get close to the facility if that's what we need to do, need. If, Yeah, know, has a big seizure, um, all of those types of things. And I was asking about the change in your family in that context, that Had I been able to access that information easily a few years ago, I know as a family trying to make things as normal as I possibly could with my siblings, it would have made such a massive difference. So that's a big part of the reason I wanted to have you guys on the show because you know, we really like to focus on the amazing things that people go on to do with their lives after they have been blood product recipients. And I can see that what you guys are doing can really add enrichment to those people's lives by making it so much easier to go out and access the community and live their fullest and best lives, even if their physical abilities have changed.
0: And I think to tie into that as well, because of the experience that I've had, I became a physiotherapist yeah. because I wanted to help people achieve independence again. But because of watching my brother, mm-hmm. and I also knew that I wasn't good with blood, and I couldn't give someone an injection, so that ruled out quite a few <laughs> occupations.
1: That really rules out a lot of things you're doing. In a <laughs>
0: really did. <Yeah>. So <laughs> physiotherapy was it, um, and it and that's why helping people achieve independence and reduce those barriers down for families and people with independent uh, with. Um, challenges is so important to to myself and to Jess
2: yeah
1: tell me a little bit more Jess Grabbing about where the, the idea came from for
2: you um well it was more that we were sort of we had our lunch um and we were discussing ways that we could help more than just one person at a time yeah so I mean we can slog ourselves out for 30 40 hours a week helping one person at a time and that's yeah. that's fantastic, but We were talking about ways that we could make that bigger Mm -hmm. and, you know, the information that we share with just our clients, how do we make that available to, you know, everybody? So 2023
1: is the year of accessible tourism in Queensland. Um, I can imagine what you guys have created could be incredible for people wanting to travel Um, and also for businesses to, so that they can share clearly with their potential customers what they have on offer. Is that influencing part of what you guys are doing?
0: We were there at Destination Queensland when yeah. the Premier announced the Year of Accessible Tourism and yeah. we were actually invited there by the Chief Entrepreneur after Mm -hmm. he saw a two minutes in 22 video, which is about how we were looking to be innovative in 22.
1: Amazing. So
0: uh, we were very excited to hear and see all of that happen unfold. Mm -hmm. That absolutely is affecting, it probably brings us more of a sense of urgency than anything, Mm -hmm. Um, which is great. What we love about the Year of Accessible Tourism is that they're bringing it to the forefront of everyone's mind. Mm They're bringing awareness that this is something that we need to do better, mm-hmm. and we totally agree. Uh, so it has affected, I would, yeah, mm. our urgency more so than anything.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, because we were already doing this before the year of accessible tourism was announced.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah brought it forward with greater urgency at the moment. Yeah. Um, I was thinking before when we were talking about the way that it would impact our family and being able to share that feedback with you guys. Um, If any of our listeners have different feedback or ideas or anything that they would like to share with you, I will pop a link in our show notes for how people can get in contact with you, not just to access your service, but if they have any ideas of ways that, you know, things that they can't find or information that they can't find and going forwards, you know yeah, how they can with be guys.
2: We, we really want to get um, lived experience and lived knowledge from mm. from as many people as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot of the time. Some, you know, sometimes it's accessibility is always associated with a wheelchair.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: you know, only four percent of um, you know the people with invisible and visible disabilities are actually in a wheelchair. So you're missing out on this whole demographic of people who do require assistance yes. but aren't considered inaccessible because they're not in a wheelchair. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we get people with sensory concerns and, mm-hmm. you know, people with cognitive um, challenges yep. and, and you know, every insight that we possibly can to make this as, as well-rounded as it as it can be.
1: Yeah, amazing. What really caught my attention before I reached out to you Jess and invited you guys on the podcast was having a look through some of your social media stuff and I picked up a quote and it just said as Aussies we are proud to take care of our mates and I loved that sentiment because that's very much what this podcast is about. It's about Aussies rolling up their sleeve and anonymously helping somebody else, you know, we talk about it, you know, blood donation being the modern demonstration of mateship because you are helping out a fellow Aussie. And I love that that's what you guys are doing. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Well, just to touch on that, we spoke Two businesses yesterday that we
0: provided feedback and did assessments for.
2: Yeah.
0: And one of the lovely business owners, to be fair, did not require much uh, information or education, mm-hmm. just because, as far as she was concerned, I'll say to you, it's Camilla from what's uh,
1: Miliano,
2: Miliano Gelateria from yeah. downtown, Calandra. She's yeah, yes, downtown Calandra. Yeah, yes,
1: downtown Calandra.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and from her perspective,
0: understanding and serving people with disabilities, be they visible, invisible, or people, just people in general, is just a good thing to do. Just um, respecting that each person is different. And as a business, it's really important to take care of your customer base. Absolutely. And I think when she said that, I was just, oh, I love that. Yeah, Uh, it's really just good people being good people.
1: Yeah. And I think as well, as a business owner, I was very hyper aware of ensuring that things were accessible for my clients to come in for my child centre play therapy practice because that's my lived experience. And yes. I needed to make sure that my family would access my facilities when they needed to come and see me. So that was important and I knew there was a chance that there would be families like mine that would be accessing my service. But if you haven't lived it, like you don't that's know right. what you yeah. don't know, like it's a blind yeah. spot for you because you you don't know what to look for. Mm. So having a structure like this, you know, I think lots of people want to be good people and good Absolutely. Yeah. everybody. But, the, it, you know, where do you even start? Like it feels really overwhelming. So to have, have something like what you guys have created takes the guesswork out of it for people. Yeah. We have
0: come across that as well as just that people want to do it, but they're not quite sure how to approach it or where to find the information or they're looking and it's really hard to find the information. And that's where we're trying to come in and connect them with the right people that can
2: help take them further forward. And for them to understand that, you know, you don't have to have huge financial outliers just to make a difference. Like small little things like putting um, alt text on your social media so that people with, you know, vision impairments can enjoy what you're posting as well. Like something as small as that, it doesn't cost any money. It's just, you know, there's extra people that you can reach out and and communicate with effectively. Mm -hmm.
1: Do you have a story that you can de-identify, obviously, of a client that you guys have seen the work that you're doing making a difference? How many would you like? Yeah,
2: we've got (laughs) heaps. Plenty, plenty. plenty. One
0: favourite one each. You can Uh, have one each. Should I start with the Melbourne story? Yes, do the
2: Melbourne story.
0: Okay. Well, no, actually, I'll start with the rave story. So I have a client who, when I first met them, was in a wheelchair. He is no longer in a wheelchair. I'm very happy and mm-hmm. excited to say. But when I first met him, he wanted to go to a rave. Mm-hmm. He's 23, full of life. He did not want to go to Floryard, No. Or SeaWorld. Uh, or, or Cairns Aquarium, I believe, yeah. was the other option, yeah. which were the ones that were the items that would come up when he would search accessible tourism for wheelchairs. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so he he is over the moon with the fact that we're um, getting in cahoots with Caloundra Music Festival yeah. so that we can provide all the information to them so he can plan ahead about what he'll need, where he could go, and what right. will work best for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another story, This it's not quite a happy ending, but um, another story, I had a lovely client. She has a vision impairment and her sister is in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. and they're twins. uh, And mum organised a weekend away to Melbourne. Mm -hmm. She did all the right things. She phoned ahead, she looked for all the information and they arrived at the restaurant and there was a step so the waiters offered to carry the wheelchair in and couldn't quite understand why um, her sister was not keen for that. No. Uh, so that ended up Nor ruining their,
1: their night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me yeah. so yeah. Cross. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Ruined their night and their holiday, which was really, her, their mum spent so much time putting effort into that. And um, so she's really excited about this, being built so that they can enjoy holidays. Mum doesn't have to spend so much time
2: researching, but then they know when they get there, they'll enjoy it. Mm. Yeah. And Jess, we've, we have started doing um, little stickers sort of in some of the businesses. So if you see them sort of downtown, Aloundra, yeah. um, you'll see the, the businesses that we've sort of started to connect with that are keen to showcase Amazing. their accessibility. Yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of my clients are going down there and seeing those stickers and going, they're willing to mm. understand me and understand yeah. that I have different needs and because I'm taking a little longer to order it's not because I'm you know airy fairy or mm. you know I'm wasting your time it's because I'm struggling to communicate that to you and mm. and those you know businesses go okay I'll be patient I'll take yeah. my time because this person may have an invisible disability and it's just mm. that awareness mm. there that you know not everyone's just dilly-dallying around and you know taking their time to order there may be a reason for it and yeah tolerance is key yeah an incredible
1: conversation with Samuel Johnson who people know well from Love Your Sister he played Molly Meldrum Um, If they're anything like me, they may have been a little bit in love with Evan Wild from his Secret Life of Us days. Um, He has a traumatic brain injury um, from his car accident. Now, you wouldn't look at him on stage or the way that he accesses the community and think about him as someone having a disability. Um, Marley has a brain injury as a result of the autoimmune encephalitis. And she also now lives um, with a functional neurological disorder on top of that. Um, So to have that conversation with Sam and to watch the way that he navigated that, um, I watched him present on stage and then I got to interview him afterwards and hear that from his point of view was just an incredible thing. And midway through our interview, I could hear the way that his speech was changing. It was a little bit of a slur. There was a bit of an extra delay. And I could pick up that cognitive fatigue and be able to say, you know what, I can see that your brain's fried. Let's mm-hmm. have a minute. Do you want to have a break? Keep going. And he was like, no, if I don't finish this now, it's not going to happen because I'm right on the edge. And mm-hmm. I could recognise that because, you know, I'm the carer of somebody with that. But it can, as you said, being in a wheelchair is not the only way that, yeah. you know, having a disability can impact the way that you access the community.
2: Yeah. And the more people that are aware of that, like knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to make huge, big changes and it just to be inclusive really yep, like absolutely. it's it's as simple as being patient being a good human and mm. it'll make a big difference
0: and just clear communication as well mm. we're, we're trying to bring awareness to businesses just uh letting people know what you do offer mm. in your in your venue is actually mm. a really important thing because there are people that may have not considered that venue that once they see Uh, what they do offer and uh, that things could be adapted, for example, Mm. um, that it is an option for them to enjoy. So Mm. it may not be necessarily making changes. It's just communicating it in a way that is uh, accessible.
1: Yeah. I was thinking before when you said the story of the mum who sent the twins to Melbourne and best laid plans, we had a similar one last year. a Sunshine Coast business and I won't name which one it was but we had called ahead um we needed wheelchair access to be able to access the second floor of a venue we also had seizure response service dog with us um and children with additional sensory things so we asked for table placement to be away Mm -hmm. from everybody else and you know booked ahead it was a special occasion did all of the things So we get to the venue and ask to be able to access the lift. They said it's not, I can't remember the way they worded it, but it was like, it's not obvious where the lift is, but ask staff. The difficulty was it wasn't obvious where the lift was because the lift was a service lift that you had to walk through the kitchen to get to. So, and there wasn't, like, we had to get the staff to come out of the kitchen to push through the wheelchair and the service dog and the children with the sensory needs and the autism and there was hot food. And like, it was like, it was just so ridiculous. It was laughable. And I think from the venue's point of view, they didn't want to tell us that we couldn't access their venue because they didn't want to discriminate against us. And I appreciate that they didn't want to say, no, it's not the right place for you guys to come. But at the same time, it was dangerous for staff. It was dangerous. Like it was dangerous on all of the levels. So what you're doing benefits both sides. And I think that, yeah, it's just such an important thing yeah. you guys are doing. And I just couldn't support it more than I do. So thank you for the incredible work that you're doing. Thank you for thank your you. support. So I think everybody in the Milkshakes for Mali community are well on board with um. that are proud to take care of our mates. And I know that runs through so much of what you guys do. We have so many people that have accessibility concerns, sensory needs um, and need inclusivity in consideration. I just want to thank you guys for the work that you're doing. I know, Jess, you're a blood donor as well. So you guys fit across this so much. Um, send our love to your brother, Alana. Thank I know you. he's a Blood product recipient. And I'm glad that he has been able to live some beautiful parts in his life after receiving those blood products. Um, yeah, and just send him all our love from milkshakes from Mali community. Thank you so much for being on our episode today. Thanks, yes, Kate. Well, thank you, Kate. <laughs> It was amazing to chat to Jess and Alana. They are such incredible Australian women um, doing such important work um, and such an incredible time to bring you this episode uh, in July during Disability Pride Month. I know that the service that they are creating will be of such great interest to so many people um, and our listeners within the Milkshakes for Mali community. So I will pop a link on where you can find more information in the show notes. Um, And I encourage you not just to support their business, but also to support the businesses that have already accessed their services and are displaying the ASI index stickers on their front doors. You can find more information about this on our Instagram page, um, which comes up as Kate Fisher um, at Milkshakes for Mully. Nothing feels more Australian like the modern demonstration of mateship than donating blood, and this product being used to save, preserve, or improve the life of a fellow Aussie. Our daughter is still alive today because of this incredible selfless gift, and it is my privilege to create a space where recipients and their loved ones can thank the blood donors that they will never meet. If you have ever been a blood donor, maybe it was you who saved Delana's brother's life, or maybe even our baby girl Marley's. And if you would like to become a donor in the future, please register your donation to the Milkshakes for Marley Lifeblood team. I love being able to track our new donors and the Australian lives that we have all saved together as part of this community. This podcast was written and hosted by me, Kate Fisher. I am also your executive producer. Today's guests were co-founders and joint CEOs of the ASI Index, Jess and Alana Audio production and welcome to country by my amazing husband, Jeff Fisher. Social media assets by Jason at Strosky Media. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend and make sure you're following along um, on our socials. Um, You'll find us on Instagram and Facebook under Milkshakes for Marley and under my name, Kate Fisher. But as always, I will leave the final word to Marley. Thank you for my plasma.